Yeah, and and I know I've already said this, but I want to stress again, we need to kind of stop celebrating this overnight success and we need to let's let's be a bit more transparent about the journey and about the process and about the struggles that we all inevitably face. Welcome, you're listening to Working Out, a podcast discussing the journey towards doing what you love. On the show, we'll be discussing our own experiences in creating our passion-based business. It's about the expedition, the here and now, the daily challenges and achievements towards getting paid for your passion. Hi, Paddy. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Stuff. Yeah, I'm good too. Yeah. How's your week been? Um, It's been really good. I was in Newcastle for Thinking Digital, Mm -hmm. which was a lot of fun. And I am excited because I closed a sale for my new business, which was um, a lot of fun because it's an online business mainly, but I got to do this face to face and it just, it was a great feeling and it's a great client. It's um, who's it and what's it, Mm -hmm. which is a, 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 a shop that's opening in Newcastle for, um, to help bring independent designers to the high street. So it's such a great cause, great client. I was really excited about that. So I good stuff. Congratulations. I, thank you. I did a happy dance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that my week's been good. What about yours? Good. Yeah. Uh, uh, I finally kind of uh, wrapped up a lot of other projects, and I've got quite a lot of time now to focus on my on my own projects like the stuff I want to do like the the kids book stuff and and other things so I've been dedicating most of my time now to to fully doing that which is which has been a lot of fun that's fun so you don't have any client work on right now uh I have some stuff I'm keeping an eye on but nothing too heavy that I can focus like most of my days on um, uh, on my own projects. See, you're already a step closer to your goal, which was phasing out client work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's exciting, scary and exciting, but, uh, it's a lot of fun at the moment, kind of just waking up and just working on your own stuff, uh, every day. It's yeah. See, so you, you have to have a different kind of motivation for it. It's, it's, well, it's quite easy now, but I'm wondering how it's going to be after a couple of weeks of uh, of doing this. Whether I can keep keep up the motivation, or um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's hard. The the longer a project goes on, or something, the more, the mm. less it kind of loses that initial spark of. Well, we kind of talked about that last week, mm-hmm. didn't we? The initial yeah. spark of motivation. But this week, we're talking mm-hmm. about talent versus hard work brilliant um do you want to to kind of describe what we mean when we say that well when i think about the when i think about the the, just the title the talent versus hard work it's a bit misleading to me i don't think uh i don't view uh, them as opposing things like you you're either talented or you put a lot of work in like when you when you look at successful people, um, it's very easy to say that it 
comes easy to them or they're really talented and um and that you have to work really hard for to get you know halfway towards what they've got but that's never the case it's never uh you know talent only gets your foot in the door it's only a tiny percentage of it and it's it's hard work that's that's 99.9 percent of of whatever you whatever you make so if you're a you know an artist or athlete or or writer um if you're a successful if you're successful you um you've put in insane amounts of work to get where you are it's not just because you you have a talent for for something it's hard for us to look when you look at successful people you often only see the finished article the finished piece that the, that they've made you don't you know your brain doesn't fill in the gaps of of uh how they got there you just think they sat down and and wrote a novel or <laughs> painted a painting and and they're just really talented and why can't I be like that but it's you know they have to put tons of of hard work into something so it's not just talent it's you know the hard work is a much bigger slice of something like when I'm designing uh something like an iOS app or a website or whatever the finished article finished uh product that you see is such a tiny percentage of the work that went into it so you don't see all the wireframes and discussions with the client and brainstorms and the failed logo designs and the crazy directions we took stuff in and the stuff we threw away but you need to go down all those failed paths and do all that work to get the, the finished uh the, you know the better result at the end of it um so the you need to throw away so much during a project to get something that that you're happy with and the best designers throw away more stuff and they just keep pushing themselves to to do better and keep asking is there another way i can solve this problem so the whole the whole idea of you know talent versus hard work it's i don't really look at it like that i mean there's you have talent uh and you have you know people have different talents but that just kind of gets you a little bit towards your goal all the most successful people are the people who actually put in a ton of work as well what do you think about when you you know think about the talent versus hard work argument um i completely agree with you that talent is such a small part of it um and you know there are so many people out there who are great at something um but they're not making a lot of money from it or money at all because they're not willing to put in the work to to get it to that point so mm -hmm. pretty much echo your sentiments on it but um going going back to what you were saying about how we look at people and we see we think it, it we certainly we see the end product so we think it's kind of come quite easily to them i know that i'm really guilty of looking of thinking that of looking at people and thinking but they 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 were born to do this um you know it's it's all just come really easily to them and mm -hmm. um, when it hasn't and i'm trying to think of a case an an individual but i can't but i can think of um a recent a company that's just launched at the same time that i've launched my business um i have a friend who i say he's a friend but we follow each other on twitter and we've met in real life once but in 2014 that practically <laughs> means your best buds right absolutely yeah so I have a friend who has been working on this this product called Tens. You've probably seen people talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, 
I know that there's been quite negative feedback and it's a bit gimmicky, but I have a lot of respect for anybody who is actually doing something with mm -hmm. their idea, so kudos to them. But it's basically a pair of sunglasses that they say it's the real life photo filter. So they, they, they popped up on Indiegogo and asked for £8,000 to fund the the initial um, product and overnight, practically overnight, walked away with £200,000. Wow. And all of them, all three of them quit their day jobs, posted a picture of them on Twitter sh um, sipping champagne. <laughs> and I looked at that whilst I've just launched my business at the same time as them. And for me, it's it's going to be a very slow and steady process and slow and steady growth, which is just the nature of insurance anyway, I think. Mm -hmm. But looked at that and kind of felt really happy for them. But I was a bit like, damn, why can't that be me? But then I thought I haven't seen behind the scenes of them spending months and months working towards that goal. You know, the, mm -hmm. the various product iterations. And I'm sure that, that they had a lot of moments where they all thought, what are we doing? We're crazy. This is probably not going to pay off. We're not going to get £8,000. Mm -hmm. And um, having to go back to the drawing board and rethink the product and stuff. So we don't see all of that that side of it um we just see the kind of the overnight success and and presume that it, it just happens to people um that, that it's kind of luck or or you know we, we don't see the hard work that goes into it basically yeah so sorry i've still got a bit of a remember last week i had my sick voice on mm -hmm. i've still got a bit of that so i might be coughing and spluttering a little bit sorry about that no worries um but yeah, it's that that whole that was a bit frustrating for me because maybe people looked at looked at me that way when I went on stage and was like, "Hey, here's my new business," and thought, "Oh, she just you know I, I did that within the process of four months," and they maybe they think that um, that that it was quite an easy process. Just hey, I'm going to start a new business, threw some money into it, and launched it on stage, boom. Um, but there was a lot of um, months beforehand of you know, planning and, and worrying and finding money to put into it and whatnot. So I think as well, we, we all celebrate this overnight success. We all look at the finished product. Nobody actually really talks about the the build up to that, do they? No, I mean, if you, it's the same for anything successful. You look at the, the iPhone, I mean, they must have been working on that for years and years before before they finally launched it and uh and you can see you know when competitors come along and try to copy it and try to get there to the end goal without putting in the years of work that they come out with you know an inferior an inferior product so it's it's really a tough it's it's tough to be on the outside and see you only see the the end result and it's it's really it's, unless they unless the the designers or creators share their process and then you can really see like the, you know, the, the iOS game, uh, threes. Oh, I love threes. So threes. Um, so there were a lot of, whenever it came out, then there was a lot of competitors who, who made other games, which just basically copied it. And, uh, oh, well, they were up higher in the charts for a long time in, uh, in the app store and everything, um, the competitors, whereas the, the original game threes, well, I think it's so much better, but they released, um, uh, absolutely everything, uh, uh, in one big, one big post on, um, 
on every conversation they'd had about the Are you whole, kidding? No, no, no. I'll I'll we can put the link in the show notes but show notes. But they they released uh, absolutely everything and every conversation they had and all the different designs they'd had and, and their total work that went into it. And it's it's insane to look at the the amount of work that went into it and, and the, the details they they thought about and the different directions they had, but it's you often don't see the the working process that, that people have. Oh, the, the, yeah, I definitely think there should be a resource that kind of curates those type of, of articles. I'd be all over that. I mm-hmm. um, think we need to to um, see more of that stuff. But, but yeah, definitely talent is such a small part of it. Um, I have I, I have met so many photographers who are a trillion times more talented than me, but they're not getting work through because it's not just about being talented but there are so many other aspects it's um you know you're running a business at the end of the day you've got to be good with people you've got to be good with your clients you've got to be good at time management you've got to be willing to put for example with weddings you're on your feet for easily 12 hours um you've got to have networking and marketing you've got to have all of these components to it despite them being so talented at photography they don't pursue it as a as a, a career because they they do, they can't they just it is so much about the hard work that you put into it very mm. little about the talent but i mean even when you talk about photography talent i mean uh, you didn't just you're obviously a talented photographer but you didn't just pick up a camera on day one and and were automatically good at photography right i mean you had to you've taken you know I don't know, millions of photos uh, over the years. And I'm sure the stuff you did whenever you started isn't as good as the stuff you're doing now. So you had to just keep working at it and working at it to to become a great photographer. Well, first of all, thanks for saying I'm a great photographer. I don't think I am. But yeah, I actually wrote a post about that the other week, which has proved to be a really popular post on my blog called How I Started an Accidental Photography Business. Mm-hmm. Um which we'll put in the show notes if anybody wants to read it. Um, and it basically did boil down to the fact that I spent so much time carrying my camera around with me and taking lots of photos. Um, but when y- y- that transition into being what I call myself a semi-professional photographer because I don't do it full-time, but I do make money from it. Mm-hmm. That transition was very much accidental, but it wasn't just about the fact that that I had, um, I hate saying that I, I have a talent in something, but we have to say it for this episode. Um, it wasn't just about having a talent in photography. It also, um, since then, has has grown into so much more. It has grown into, like I said, being putting in the hard work and being on my feet all day and delivering photos on time and sweating over the details after that with post-processing and just managing my business in general. Whenever you're talking about looking at other people's work and being concerned of how successful they are and and how it doesn't come easy for you, I mean, it it, it's, it comes a lot down to, you know, self-confidence and not thinking that you're good enough and thinking that, um, you know, and worrying about what, what other, uh, other people think. But the successful people, I mean, everybody has, has low self-confidence at some point and everybody, you know, worries about, 
um, about their work because you're, yeah, because you're passionate about it. But the successful people are the ones who did it anyway. And, and despite being, you know, not thinking they're good enough, they just went ahead and did it anyway. And, and that's why they're out there. So, I mean, I've definitely uh, struggled with, you know, low self-confidence and, and not thinking that my, my work is good enough, but you just have to keep uh, working at it. I don't think it's something that, that kind of goes away. Um, but I mean, I've kind of looked at it uh, a bit differently now, you know, instead of looking at just um, low self-confidence uh, that I'm, that I'm not good enough and, and that's it. Um, I rather recognize it as, as more of a, I'm concerned about what other people think, which is maybe why it's sort of common in, you know, designers and creative people, because, uh, you're kind of sympathetic to, to solving other people's problems. So I'm always very concerned about the user experience of things and, and uh, how people interact with the product and what people, um, what people think. And that's why, yeah, when you're concerned about reducing the number of, steps in a registration process you're concerned about the the end user so you're always there's definitely some blurred lines and overlaps between that kind of low confidence and being concerned about what other people think i think it's it's not you shouldn't just you know think okay i'm not as good as these other people and stop it there you just have to figure out what your strengths are and i i think that you you're spot on about saying that the confidence does relate to you caring about your work um because I can kind of relate to that with my photography like I said it was a very much an accidental business okay and Mm -hmm. I started getting people emailing me and calling me and saying we want you to shoot our wedding and I would be so vocal about the fact that I have no experience I'm not a professional photographer I haven't done weddings before. I would be really vocal about this. And um, the reason that I, it's, people say it's, it's, it's you better fake it until you make it. But the reason that I was wanting to be honest about it was because I obviously I cared about delivering a good result and stuff. But I wanted to give myself this buffer for making mistakes because of my lack of experience. And um, I think... You know, I would have hated to have have given them the impression that I was this super experienced wedding photographer, professional photographer, and and go in and not do a good job. So so much of me being honest about it was because I cared about I cared about them. I cared about get, delivering them a good experience. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the, on the same the same token, I'm I'm just a bit unsure about whether I should have been that vocal about my inexperience. Because it can also, so yeah, I wasn't a professional photographer and mm-hmm. I was happy with people knowing that because I think that these days, you know, they, they were seeing my work, they were seeing my photos, they, they knew they, they had the proof that they wanted to hire me. But it, is there a point where you can be too honest about the fact that you don't, that you're lacking confidence with your work? I, I don't ever, you know, put it out there that I, I that I'm really not good at. Uh, at something it's kind of a something I keep uh, in my own head but uh, I I definitely know there um like when I know that's the worst thing ever whenever uh, someone gets up to speak uh, and you're you're at a conference and someone gets up to talk about a topic and they start off by saying yeah sorry I really don't know anything about this or I really didn't prepare much and that sort of stuff is oh yeah it's such a such a letdown but I mean 
you've done some speaking as well, right? About um, yeah, and um, I mean, I got asked to speak. Gavin asked me to speak at industry conference the first time I've ever done any public speaking. He must have asked me way back in. So let's see. I think the conference was in 2013. So he must have asked me in 2012. When I mm-hmm. look back to that point in my life, um, I think it was kind of before I was really doing any programming and and building things. And, and, I, and I thought, well, I'm going to say yes, because it's a good idea to say yes to things that, that scare you. But I had mm-hmm. no idea what I was going to talk about because... Um, I just felt that if you do public speaking, and I feel this way about writing as well, and you're sharing your thoughts and you're sharing your experience with people, you're kind of asserting yourself as an authority mm-hmm. in that figure. Like, um, uh, you know, I, I know that when I do public speaking, it's I'm so mm-hmm. conscious of the fact that people are paying hundreds of pounds for a ticket to listen to me speak about something. So I have to, and again, it goes back to caring about what it is that you're you're doing. I know that I have to deliver. I have to know what I'm talking about. But despite that, which is why I go down the, the kind of story-based route with my talks, because nobody can say, you're wrong about your life because you're living your life. Right. But when I'm on stage doesn't matter what I'm talking about. I've done talks on programming at universities and whatnot about getting into that. I've done talks about my business. It doesn't matter what I'm talking about. I always feel like a bit of an imposter on stage that I don't really belong there. I'm not, I don't have um, 30 plus years of experience behind me. You know, I'm some girl in her 20s who's kind of fumbling through through mm-hmm. life and making mistakes and I've had my failures and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do feel like a bit of an imposter but I think as well that that's not uncommon. And I think that I actually think that's a bit of a hot topic. Um, the whole yeah. imposter syndrome thing. I actually heard about imposter syndrome for the first time at uh, Brooklyn Beta last year. They had a they had a session on mental health and uh, and this came up as one of the, the topics. And I think a lot of people in the creative industry have have something uh are yeah concerned with this is it's the inability to recognize like or acknowledge your your achievements and you think your your successes are only because of luck or or you know you're deceiving people into thinking you're you're more competent than you than you really are and do you feel um, that way i i mean to, to a certain extent you think i sometimes think my my work's not good enough uh, in certain, and certainly, I believe there's so many more talented uh, people than than me in the creative industry. Um, but it's, I think it's hard when you're working in the digital design uh, industry to kind of quantify how much you know something is worth. Uh, like when you're creating a, a website, it's just you know pixels on uh, you know it's not real and it's it's hard to kind of it's hard to say you know this is worth you know so much money but i don't know you just the more you the more you do it and the more you see that people you know pay you for your talents and and what about you have you have you thought about this yeah but i think i think um yeah, big time. I feel exactly how you just described imposter syndrome. I feel like that all the time. Right. Um, but I think that the older I get, the more, the less inclined I am to get hung up on it because I'm aware that actually all of us feel that way. Mm-hmm. And imagine you didn't feel that way. Imagine you were walking around like 
yeah, I'm really successful. I've got all of these achievements under my belt. I'm awesome. You would suck as a person, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, I think that's, I mean, that's all part of the the confidence thing as well. When you, you think about you've got low self-confidence and you think you're, you're not good enough. I mean, it's, you can look at it as a positive thing as well. It's, it's uh, that you want to be better. You want to be more, you want to have more success. You want to, um, so you can either choose to work hard at it and get there, or you can just uh, give up on it. But I mean, nobody's going to, nobody's going to hand it to you. The, that Well, that's exactly what I was about to say. That's the way that I feel. Cause I do this um, photo walk in Glasgow Mm-hmm. imaginatively titled Glasgow Photo Walk. Right. And um, the whole premise behind it was initially to get kind of new new newcomers to photography to come on a walk around the city with me and they could pick my brain about photography and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was terrified about doing this because there are thousands of other photographers local to me who are so much better but you know what why why will people come on my photo walk why who am i thinking that i can help people get better at photography but the um it all boiled down to the fact that despite there being thousands of better photographers who are probably more experienced with teaching people and helping them learn photography nobody is doing these photo walks mm-hmm. half the battle is actually being proactive and and putting yourself out there in the first place and just doing stuff and that's you know now I've done a few Glasgow photo walks I get I have this regular group of people who are strangers before I've I'd never met them before and these people keep coming back to these photo walks and I get new people and I get messages all the time saying when is the next Glasgow photo walk so people are finding value in it which mm-hmm. is great but it was so easy for me to think but I shouldn't be doing this because I'm not as experienced as somebody else. Well, screw that because that person isn't doing the photo walk. They're, you know, they, I'm not saying they're not doing anything with their time, but they're not being proactive and doing the photo walk. Whereas I am, and that's that's half the battle. But it, um, all of that self, lack of self-confidence that I had, um, you know, surrounding the photo walk, um, that that's just human nature and that's something that I'm becoming more and more aware of and therefore less inclined to I'd no longer stop myself from doing something just because I don't feel ready or I don't feel experienced enough and recently I've really applied this to writing I enjoy writing it was my mm-hmm. my favorite subject in in high school and um really enjoy it but in the past I have spent so many hours writing drafts to publish and then I read them and I pour over every word and I pour over every sentence and I think that's lame and then I put it in the trash mm-hmm. now and I did that I, I wrote a tweet the other day because I'm trying to get better at actually just publishing stuff and I wrote a tweet which said up until recently I didn't post much of my writing because I fretted what people would think of it now I just do my best and hit publish because mm-hmm. I'm I'm so aware now that we all have these struggles with confidence and imposter syndrome, but that, like I said, ha- half the battle is just, um, just, just do it, just doing it, just put it out there, and um, stop, stop overanalyzing. I think that's the biggest, the biggest um, lesson that I've learned recently about mm. all of that stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's not easy. It's just really hard to to 
to it's yeah it's easy to say just do it and get over it but it's it's a real issue i think uh i think people have and it's it's tough not to not to think you're you're good enough and that other people you know uh are much more talented and it just comes naturally but i think just remembering that you know you're only seeing a tiny fragment of someone else's success you're only seeing the finished product and not all the hard work that goes into it and all the stuff that they failed at and um all the mistakes that they made during the the process and and when you think about it the other way around i mean people are uh, often only seeing your finished product as well so they don't see all the stuff all the the mistakes you make as you go as you're making something yeah, and and I know I've already said this, but I want to stress again: we need to kind of stop celebrating this overnight success, and we need to let's let's be a bit more transparent about the journey, and about mm-hmm. the process, and about the struggles that we all inevitably face. Mm-hmm. Let's let's be more transparent about that. It's definitely something that I want to do, both with my experience of running Brokers Direct, um, where I put in a ton of hours into Brokers Direct, like a stupid amount. I worked really hard and it didn't turn out to be a success. Um, and various factors contributed to that, you know, the way that the industry, the what, the way that the industry was, the fact that all of these people now go to um, comparison websites, the fact that I was trying to sell landlords insurance when I don't actually really understand the buy-to-let the mind of a landlord, various factors contributed to that. But I want to, I, I, we should be more transparent about when things, when things don't, don't work out instead of focusing on the, um, the end result, which is, um, it would be great if we were all a little bit more honest about when things, you know, the, the struggles that we endure, because we all have them. Mm-hmm. We all brush them under the carpet so that we do appear more successful and more confident. But I think that we should stop celebrating this overnight success and be a little bit more transparent about the journey, mm-hmm. about the process to get to that point. Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So, and I mean, that's kind of what we're doing a little bit with the podcast here as well. We're, you know, just kind of putting some stuff out in the open about talking about our, you know, we're working towards our own different goals and and we're we're talking about you know how we're getting there and the mistakes that we're making and the stuff that kind of works for us so i think it's yeah hopefully it kind of helps some people to um to see what you know how we approach things yeah but um it's human nature to doubt ourselves and to think that we don't necessarily deserve the success that we're experiencing or the success that we're going after. Um, but I was kind of thinking about, you know, how can we improve our confidence? And I don't think that there's a quick fix. I don't think that that there's something I can say that will that will help myself or help people listening. But I, like I said already, I, I would say stop overanalyzing. Like I used to do my writing and sit on it for, for weeks and eventually just drag it to trash Stop overanalyzing. If there's something you want to share, whether it's your work or a piece of writing or even your public speaking, just get it out there. Um, the more often that you share your work or the more often that you do your work, like I no, I no longer go on the phone now and tell people I'm not a professional photographer. You know, I come across as confident and more experienced because I am. The more often you do something, 
the easier it will become. But you have to just get started. You have to do it. Um, and also understand that that we're all feeling the same way about it. That we're all we all have those moments of of self doubt and uncertainty. But that you're you're already ahead of everybody else. Going back to the Glasgow photo walk example, um, nobody else is doing that, and I might not be the best person to do it, but I'm doing it, and that's mm -hmm. what it all boils down to. You know, just get started and do something. So that's um, it. Would be great to hear what what people listening think think about the subject as well, and if there's anything that they could suggest to kind of improve their confidence or what they do to get over that that block. So tweet us at Working Out Show on Twitter, or you can email us on info at workingoutpodcast dot com. 